This is Your Kick-Ass Life Podcast, episode number 126. This is the Your Kick-Ass Life Podcast with Andrea Owen, a no BS guide to self-help and badassery. Because ladies, let's face it, life's too short for it to not kick ass. And here's your host, the girl who serves it up straight with a side of crazy, Andrea Owen. Hello, ass kickers. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I have a brand new episode for you today. But before we get into that, I have an announcement, and that is, you might already know if you were listening last week, but my signature online program, the Kick-Ass Courage Project Masterclass, is now open for enrollment just for podcast listeners. So just for y'all, You can go over and get $200 off enrollment and an extended payment plan. All of the details are over at kickassmasterclass.com forward slash podcast. So it's an online eight-week program, so all you need is an internet connection. This is not something where you come here and see me. That's, That's a different, those are retreats, but this is an online program And this is a class for any woman who engages in the following behaviors, hiding out and isolating when things get rough. Maybe you want to control situations and others. I know I do. Maybe you compare how you measure up to other people. Maybe you self-sabotage, engage in perfectionism, people-pleasing and approval-seeking. Maybe not all of those, but even if you said yes to like one or two of them, go check out the rest of the info at kickassmasterclass.com forward slash podcast to see if this class is right for you and to grab one of the exclusive 10 spots because it's only open for 10 spots to get that $200 off and that extended payment program. So what we're going to do in the class is we're going to work on surrendering to what life brings you. I'm going to give you tools and tips and ways to help all of those things that I that I mentioned. We're going to work on managing your negative self-talk. We're going to work on living like you give a shit. And really, that's all about your personal values. We're going to figure out what your unique triggers are and have a maintenance plan at the end. That way when we're done, you don't just go off into the wilderness of life by yourself. You have a plan. And plus, when you participate in one of my classes, you get access to my alumni Facebook group for support. And I pop in there monthly for live videos with more tips and tools for you forever and ever more. It's at kickassmasterclass.com forward slash podcast to join us. So when those 10 spots are taken, you can still sign up and you still get $100 off enrollment and the payment plan, but that extra discount is only open for the first 10 women who sign up. So if you know you want in and maybe you're in your car right now and you're like, I can't type it in to do it, just as soon as you can, go over to kickassmasterclass.com forward slash podcast to sign up, okay? Okay. That's all I have to say about that. And before I get into this week's content, can I tell you a story about something that happened to me last week? I debated telling the story because it was a personal one and I'm like, "Eh, I don't know if anybody wants to hear this. But I posted on my personal Facebook page and I got a really good response and I thought it might help other women from a safety perspective. So 
here's what happened. I mean, consider this a public service announcement. (laughs) Well, all right. I was in my car and I was driving. I live, I live right outside of um, a city in North Carolina called Greensboro. I live in a small town right outside of Greensboro. So I was in Greensboro. I had taken my kids to get their haircut after school. And um, the place that I take them to is in Greensboro. So we were driving back to our little town, and there's a road that is two lanes that um, eventually becomes one lane. They're doing a lot of construction uh, in this particular area. And I knew that it was coming up, and I merged legally and safely as as we know how to do as as good drivers. And you know how like when you merge from two lanes into one, typically the the most polite and safe way to do it is every other car gets in, you know, in front of and behind each other. That's how merging usually works. And so that's what I was doing. I wasn't cutting anybody off. I had my blinker on <laughs> and I was merging over into the left-hand lane. And apparently the person that I was supposed to get in front of absolutely positively did not want to let me in. He um, he wanted to stay behind the car that he was behind and didn't want to let me in. And so for me, I was going to get run off the road. And so I got in front of him and I, when I wasn't even that close, he was being an asshole. Like, let's just call a spade a spade. He was being an asshole and he honked at me and I waved in my rearview mirror, you know, the um, – you know, how we say, like, thank you for letting me in, even though he wasn't letting me in. And then he pulls over, like, drives his truck over on the left side, like, to my driver's side. Okay, meanwhile, this is this has become, like, a two-lane highway at this point. So he's pulling over into oncoming traffic in order to wave his arms around and scream at me in his truck. And I couldn't hear him. You know, I had the windows up. I believe he had his windows up. But he just was, you know, driving aggressively like, I'm going to show you um, what a badass I am driving my truck recklessly. So he pulls back in behind me. And, you know, now we're on a two-lane highway. And I'm like, okay, this guy's bananas. Um, it just seemed a little, a little extreme for merging. It was like I could I could maybe see if I ran a red light or if I totally pulled out in front of him. You know, people do that like when they pull out in front of you and then like there's no one else behind you. It's like you you could have waited for me to to me to for me to pass. I didn't do that. I was merging. And I trust me, I have made some dumb traffic mistakes. Like I know <laughs> I've made a mistake. And I'm always the person who's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like I'm not the person who like ignores and doesn't even look over. Like I will look over and be like, I I, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, but I didn't even didn't even constitute that. So anyway, so we're driving and I'm watching him in my rearview mirror, and he's on my tail, like way too close to my bumper than he needs to be. And so I was just like, whatever. And we got to a few miles down, and my gut was like, oh, like this this guy, and he didn't look like a crazy person. He didn't have like face tattoos or anything. He just he was an older dude, probably in his fifties, in a in a late model pickup truck. He looked like a typical person that I see in, in where I live. So, but there was something that was like mm, something's not right, and I would I was nervous every time we pulled up to a red light. And because, you know, you've heard those stories of like crazy road ragers pulling out a gun and walking up to somebody and shooting him in the face. And I know that sounds horrific, but it happens. And of course, that went through my mind as I'm sitting here at these red lights. So I locked the doors 
So we continued driving on this two-lane highway, and there's this one – there's two options to go to my house. And I, I, I think it's kind of like they're, – they're basically the same. But I, I, I do choose this one where you turn left into um, – into kind of like going into the the small towns where where I live. So not most people go straight when we're on this highway. Not as many people turn left to go into um, it's called Summerfield in North Carolina. And I'm like I'm gonna I'm gonna go this way and see if he follows me. And sure enough, he did. So then I was like, well, it's not that big of a deal. A lot of people live in Summerfield, so I didn't think that much of it. But it still made me a little bit nervous. So we turn left. And he's still following me. I'm watching him to see if he turns into one of the many choices there were to turn right or left off of that road. So we're driving and I just was – I was kind of a little bit starting to freak out. But then at the same time, like, you know, my gut was like, this isn't right. This isn't right. But my mind was like, don't be hysterical. You're you're being – you're overreacting. A lot of people live over here. He probably lives out here. It's just a coincidence. So I don't know. Okay, so anyway. So I'm driving and then there's a right turn and he makes the right turn. And he could have kept going straight, which takes you into like another – it's a road to like to go to another big city. So I was like, okay. He turned right. And then like at that point, we're getting like deeper into more specific neighborhoods. So the chances of him following me now are at this point um, – of the, of the need for him to follow me are less at this point. Okay, so he I turn right, he turns right. So then um, there's another right that I have to make and he followed me again or he could have gone straight. And then there we're driving down the road. It's about a mile. And I'm a, the, my next turn is to drive into my subdivision where I thought to myself, if he turns right, into my subdivision, I know he's following me because A, I've never seen that. We don't, our neighborhood is fairly small. Um, I don't know every single car in that neighborhood, but I've never seen that particular, and it was a very specific looking truck. I've never seen that truck in my neighborhood, uh, nor have I ever seen this man. So I thought, okay, if he turns right into the neighborhood, he's following me for sure. So I got out my phone and I thought to myself, Okay, if he turns right, I know he's following me and I'm not going to pull into my driveway. I have a long, we have a long, our driveway is about 150 feet and um, it's narrow. Uh, so I was like, okay, if I pull, what am I going to do? If I, if like I pull in and he pulls in behind me. I mean, and these are, these are all the scenarios that are going through my mind at this point. I have my kids in the car. Okay, my son is nine. He's in the front seat. My daughter's seven. She's in the back seat. And at this point, they don't know. Like I'm, I have not let on that I'm, kind of freaking out at this point. So we – I'm driving and I haven't turned yet and I pull out my phone and I ask Siri for – because I can't type, at, you know, because I'm in the car. And so I ask Siri for the fire department in our small town because I know where the fire department is. It's not that far from my house, but I don't know where there's a police station. Because my first thought is like, where's the police station? I would have had to turn around and drive all the way back into Greensboro, which would have taken me like another 15 minutes. And I wasn't actually positive like exactly where the where the police station was in Greensboro. But I knew for sure where the fire department is. And so I asked Siri for the number for the fire department. And I um, it pulls up. And then my son is like, why are you at, why are you calling the fire department? And I was like, oh, I'm just curious about something. 
So I had it ready just in case because I'm like, if he – if I turn right into the subdivision and then he goes straight, then, you know, I don't I don't need to call anybody. But I figured if I – if he if he's following me, I could drive to the fire department and pull into the fire department and he's surely not going to do anything crazy if I'm at the fire department, right? So I pull – I turn right into my neighborhood and he follows me. And you guys, he's still on my ass. Like he's – like tailgating me. So we, our house is just like a handful of houses into the subdivision. So I drive past it. My daughter's like, what are you doing? And I was like, I forgot something. I need to run an errand. So I'm like totally lying to my kids. But I didn't want to freak them out because I'm trying to stay calm. And the way that our neighborhood is, is there's only one um, entrance and exit. There's only one way in and out. So and and it goes in an entire loop. You can drive in a complete it makes like a square and drive back out. So that's what I did. I drove around. There's there's one stop sign. He's still following me. Drove around and then as I was leaving the subdivision, um there's a stop sign and I totally blew the stop sign cuz you can you can totally see people are coming. It's it's safe. Y'all don't worry. So I blow the stop sign and gunned it and to see if he would stay on me. Um, because I'm like, well, maybe, maybe I'll just like, I don't know what I was thinking. I was just kind of like trying different things to get rid of him. And my car is a lot faster than his, but he was still trying to keep up with me. And so I, I went back out and, uh, made the call. And actually, as I was in the driving through the neighborhood, as soon as he turned into my neighborhood to follow me, I called the fire department and I explained what was happening and, he said, yes, you can pull into the station and we'll be standing outside waiting for you. And he's like, how far away are you? And I'm, I said, "I'm depending on if I hit that one particular red light. And I told him like where I was and I was like, I'm, I'm two minutes or less. So um, he said, yes, that's fine. And then he said, is he still following you? And, I, and, and, and as he asked me that, I was pulling out of, back out of the subdivision and I said, he's following me back out of the neighborhood. Um, so he is definitely following me because if he lived in my neighborhood, he would have pulled into one of his – he would have pulled into his driveway and he didn't. So he said, ma'am, you need to call 911. And at that point, I felt like the blood run cold in my body and like my armpits were tingling and I was like, okay, bye. So I call 911. My, I was trembling at that point and um, we pull out and we're kind of on a main road of our town at that point. And, at, you know, my kids know what's going on because they they heard me. And then um, they're turning around and looking. And I was looking. In North Carolina, it's not the law to have a license plate on your front bumper. So I could not see his license plate number. So that was a shit pickle. And um, I thought about handing my phone to my daughter to take a picture. But I needed my phone to call 911. And my daughter's seven and like the chances of her taking a good picture were slim. So I didn't. And I was just like memorizing the car and kind of trying to get a good look at him, you know, in my rear view mirror. And I called 911 and, um, you know, they were asking where I was. And then, you know, by the time I got the story out and um, we were at a stop light right by my kids' elementary school. And I the light turned green and I went straight and and the fire station was half a block down. 
Um, but as I went straight through that light, he turned right and left and was done. So I think what happened was that he saw me on the phone and he knew I knew because he probably figured, you know, I was kind of taking him on a ride now. And he saw my kids turning around and looking at him and he figured it wasn't worth it. And he was going to take his rage out on somebody else. But what I learned was that I, I think what I didn't think about was that if I go to the fire station, they aren't armed. You know, they if this guy has a gun or a weapon or or is just a crazy person, they can't really help me. Like all they have is strength. <laughs> and they, like they're not going to like get out their fire hose and you know, like they they they're unarmed. So if it was extreme and he had a gun, they wouldn't really be able to help me and I would be putting their lives in danger as well. So, um what I should have done is when I knew he was – or even if I was suspecting that he was following me, I should have called 911. My gut was telling me that it was bad, that it was a bad situation, and I should have just – and that's what they told me. They said, in these situations, you need to just call 911 and we'll dispatch an officer to exactly where you are. So that was a lesson I learned, and I think that I didn't – because he didn't – threaten me. Like I couldn't hear him saying, I'm going to kill you or I'm going to, you know, anything like that. I didn't think it constituted an emergency. Like I didn't think it constituted calling 911. And I know people call 911 for way less than that, but I think I wasn't thinking that clearly in those terms. So now I know, and now all of you know, that if that happens, if you feel threatened um, in any way, whether you're driving or or otherwise, that uh, to call nine one one because you know road rage road rage is a real thing. People, um, people kill each other, and it's really scary. And I also think that this election has had people kind of lose their minds. And you know when it happened, it was the election was very much coming up, and I think people are just angry. And I was an easy target. And um, I mean, I hope that man finds peace in his world. I doubt that he will. And um, so, yeah, that's just kind of like a little public service announcement to y'all, hoping that you stay safe out there in this sometimes scary world. All right. All right. Uh, now that that's out of the way, let's get on with today's episode. <laughs> I wrote this post three and a half years ago around the time of my birthday, I think it must have been, when I turned 38. So I'm 41 now. I'm not 38 anymore, but um, I've always loved this post and thought I would bring it to y'all as a podcast episode. So when I wrote this, again, uh, actually the year had come to an end and I love to think about not only my accomplishments because maybe you've heard me talk about that before on the podcast, how I I encourage, I highly encourage all of you to list your accomplishments because we rarely ever do that. But not only do I like to think about what I've accomplished uh, as the year comes to an end, but also what I've learned. And so that particular year, I made a list of lessons that I knew to be true off the top of my head, and there were 38 to be exact. So here they are. Number one, 
Cleaning up my own messes is the best way to sleep at night. This means apologizing when I've been an asshole and just generally doing my best to fix things I've made a mess of. Number two, taking radical responsibility for my life is the only option. No one else is responsible for my happiness. No one. Number three, my children don't define me. I used to think becoming a mother would be my ultimate life purpose. It isn't. I used to have a lot of guilt and shame for thinking that, but I don't anymore. Number four, no relationship will complete me. Not a single one. Number five, my vagina looks the way it does and I'm okay with that. I even love it. That also goes for my boobs, tummy, and every other body part I used to hate. I'm done listening to people that tell me I need to look different. Number six, taking the edge off really needed to be examined. For me, I was taking off all the edges, and sometimes edges just need to be dealt with. Number seven, exercise really is the best medicine. Number eight, the voice in my head that tells me I'm not enough is a liar. Number nine, Progress, not perfection. Number 10, let it go is 99% of the time the best way to solve a problem. Number 11, no is a complete sentence. Number 12, if I listen, my body is usually trying to tell me something. Number 13, I only apologize when I really, truly can stand behind it. Number 14, there will always be people that don't like me, and it's not my job to change their minds. I admit this is still tough. It's a a one-day-at-a-time lesson. Number 15, my parents did the best they could with what they had at that time. And as parents, that's all we can do. Number 16, forgiveness is more about me and not them. Number 17, time really doesn't heal all wounds. I'm in charge of that. Time helps, but being proactive is the catalyst. Number 18, all wisdom is created from healed pain. Number 19, Trying to control everything is my one-way ticket on the crazy train. Sometimes I forget this and get on board. Number 20, the comparison trap is basically made-up stories of what I think someone else's life is like. Number 21, we're all scared. We all have fear. The people that say they are fearless are just pretending. Number 22, None of us get out of this alive. And in the end, I want to be proud of how I lived it. Number 23, if we all worked on our insides as much as we worked on our outsides, the world would change for the better. Number 24, you end up with what you put up with. Examine it and change what you don't like. Number 25, at your funeral, No one will talk about your failures. So keep failing until you get it right.
Number 26, at that same funeral, no one will talk about how your body looked. Your heart and spirit matter more. Number 27, you really do catch more flies with honey than with vinegar. In other words, don't be a dick. Number 28, uncomfortable conversations are always hard. However, that elephant in the room isn't going anywhere and takes up a lot of space, so you might as well call it out. Number 29, most people really are too busy thinking about themselves to be obsessing about you like you think they are. Number 30, it's usually never, ever as big a deal as we think it is, ever. 31, that person that treats you like shit is a giant invitation to not be around that person ever. Number 32, if you spend time nosing around in other people's business, there's probably something important in your life you're purposely avoiding dealing with. Number 33, God always has your back. Number 34, kindness really always does win. Number 35, love is always the answer. Number 36, having an open mind can sometimes blow your mind. Number 37, none of us are broken or need fixing. Improvement, yes. And number 38, whatever you think you are will be your truth. And you are completely in charge of that. So that's the list. And if you want to read it in print version and share it, I would be so grateful. Just go to yourkickasslife.com forward slash 126 and there it will be. There's also loads of links within that list of 38 where you can read more about the particular topic. Um, And that's all I got for you. Thank you so much for being here. I have a new guest for you next week. My dear friend Jenny Blake is going to be on the podcast. And until then, ass kickers, I will see you out in cyberspace. Bye-bye. 